Good morning. Welcome to Three Minutes on Markets and Money. It's been an exceptionally long time since, well, the markets have revisited the 200-day moving average, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. In fact, it's the article that's on our website for Technically Speaking Tuesday on our website, realinvestmentadvice.com. First of all, as we talk about where the markets are currently, look, it's been a very strong advance from the March 2020 lows. Markets up about 100% from then, uh, up about 18% for the year so far. Now, interestingly though, as we continue to have this rally, the breadth of the rally continues to get weaker and weaker. In fact, the last time we saw breadth this week was really at the peak of the market in February of 2020. Again, that's just as markets become more narrow. Bob Farrell once said, narrow markets. That's really the thing to be watching for here. As markets become more narrow, that brings up the risk in the markets of really an event to occur. Now, what causes it is always the unknown thing. But again, this is something worth paying attention to. In fact, If we look back really at the rally that started in last November, it's been a very stair-step type structure where markets rallied, kind of flatlined here a little bit, retested the 50-day moving average, rallied back up again, and these rallies continued to kind of wind up in these consolidation patterns, retest the 50-day moving average, rally again, retest the 50-day moving average, and we've done this about seven times now, but nowhere in there have we had a test of the 200-day moving average. Now, that's a fairly long time for that to occur. And the deviation, this is one thing to be paying attention to, the deviation between the current level of the S&P and the 200-day moving average is at one of the higher levels on record at a time where money flows are declining, the money flow indicator here getting closer to triggering as well. And volume really has not been all that dramatic, even despite this rather sharp advance that we've had this year so far. And again, we take a look at this. This is the deviation above the 200-day moving average going back to 1960. And again, any point in history where you have fairly large deviations from the 200-day moving average, they generally correspond either with short-term market peaks or bigger corrections within markets. And again, not really something that, you know, you have to be too overly concerned about right now, a correction back to 200-day moving average, roughly about a 10% correction. But given the fact that we haven't seen that type of correction now in quite some time, it's gonna feel a lot worse than it actually is. Importantly also is when you take a look at the 50-day moving average versus the 200-day moving average. Now, with regularity throughout history, and this is called the death cross, the 50-day moving average will converge back to and cross the 200-day moving average. Currently, the deviation between the 50 and the 200-day moving average is at one of the higher levels on record historically. And again, back to just as we were saying a second ago, that typically kind of corresponds with short-term peaks in markets, if not bigger corrections. But again, when we take a look back, this is one of the longer periods in time where we've had an advance of the market that has not touch the 200-day moving average. We're currently approaching about 300 days here. Now, that's not that's certainly not the longest period on record by any stretch of the imagination, but it's one of the longer ones. And generally, when you start getting to this level of the number of days without a, a cross of the 200-day moving average, um, it typically corresponds, again, not surprisingly, with at least short-term peaks or corrections in markets, if not bigger corrections in markets. So, Again, the whole point here is simply that it's been a very long time. This has been a very strong advance. 
Nothing wrong with that, but we see narrowness of breadth. We're seeing weaker price performance action, weaker money flows, and very long periods where markets have not had a real correction to work off that overbought, overbullish, overexuberant condition, which means that risk arising. Does this mean that markets are going to correct tomorrow? No. But what it will take is some type of catalyst. What could that catalyst be? What would cause it? We don't know. But likely conversations from the Fed later this month about tapering might just do the trick. I'm Lance Roberts for three minutes on markets and money. We'll see you back here tomorrow.